All right, folks, let's talk something slightly depressing, the Vancouver gas prices, because they have passed the all-time North American record of 239. Now, I filled the tank the other day, and it was over $150, so it actually hurt. It hurt to pay by credit, and I looked over my shoulder. Everybody else paying for their gas at the same time looked just as depressed as I felt inside. Let's welcome Paul Pasco to the show. He's a consultant for Calibrate. Good morning, Paul. Paul. Morning, Raji. It's so good of you to join us. Thank you. All right, Paul, let's talk about these gas prices. As high as two thirty nine a liter, it's practically unthinkable. They're, they're unbelievable numbers. Do we expect them to climb any higher? And can we expect some relief here? I, I don't expect them to climb much higher. There is there is some opportunity for it, but I you know, so far I think Prices should hold here for the next couple of days and and probably into the long weekend. I'm hoping to see some relief coming out of the long weekend. Okay. Now, we've seen, Paul, that gas has been up a little bit across Canada. But can you explain why Vancouver has just been pummeled with the highest prices on the continent? What happened in Vancouver is you guys have been high since mid or early August. And that's due to just refinery outages due to the wildfires and unplanned outages all along the western seaboard in the U.S., and so your prices stayed high in terms of relative price movements. The percentage increase since the beginning of September for Vancouver isn't it worse than anywhere else, but you didn't see the relief that the rest of the country was seeing over the month of August. I see. Okay. And then we understand that oil prices have fallen. So a lot of people are wondering if oil prices have fallen, why is the price of gasoline skyrocketing? So we've got two factors at play there. When when people talk about the price of oil, they're talking about a futures contract. So that's a a contract to purchase some oil in October or November, not the actual cost to buy it today. So we've been seeing the difference between the futures price and the spot price has been growing um, just because there is restricted supply um, on the the overall crude front. But on top of that, with the refinery outages, because we don't just have the West Coast refinery outages, we have some major refinery still down in the central Midwest as well. The the North America overall has lost some refining capacity. So $60, $80 oil before would have gotten us a different gas price than it does now. And it's just because there's not enough supply. Okay. Yeah. We had that summer of tight supply and then the supply chain was taxed uh, with the wildfires. Now we do hear that you know, from economists that really high gas prices put economies at a standstill at a certain point. What price do you have to reach here before that's the case? Or is that not even um, a likelihood here? I, I, I think that you may not see it brought to a standstill, but what I think you're going to see now, particularly in the lower mainland, is that decision of whether or not you have to make that trip and whether or not you have to buy that fuel. And, you know, you're going to see a lot more people budgeting and, you know, only paying 50 or $100 each time at the pump versus, as, as I heard you say in the opening, $150 to fill your entire tank. You're only going to buy what you need to get through the next few days. It's true. I have never thought about carpooling the way that I have in the last uh, month or so um, to the point where I'm thinking, hey, do I, I really need to make that trip? Um, of course, a lot of people are looking forward now that uh, things are changing with Arrive Can app. Things have changed. Um, and so people are headed to the States to get their gas. Of course, that takes up gas too. Um, and then what do we? what is uniquely West Coast about our problem with gas prices? What you've got there is the western the western coast of the U.S. and Canada is on what's called the Pad 5 system, which was the 
petroleum districts that were set up in World War II. And that hub is located the furthest from the Gulf Coast. So all the crude comes down to the Gulf Coast. They do some refining down there, and then it ships back up to the West Coast through a series of pipelines. So you have the longest possible travel route for the crude to get to market. So it's the most expensive for it to get there. And as we move through this inflationary time and this like soft recession, can we look forward to things normalizing at some point or are we just dealing with expensive gas from here on out? I think, I mean, not the record high prices. I wouldn't expect it to sustain there, but in and around the $2 mark, um, you know, in the West Coast, uh, $1.80 to $1.70 in Alberta, is is really where I think the new norms might be moving towards. You know, maybe a dollar fifty, if we're lucky, a dollar seventy-five on the coast. But the reality is, gas is going to continue to stay expensive. There's not a lot of new refinery capacity coming on. There are some expansions in the works, but there's no immediate relief on the supply front coming. And do you think, Paul, this is going to drive people to uh, seek out EV vehicles more? It, it could, and, and that definitely would help the uh, demand side of the problem. But I, I don't think, unfortunately, you know, in my in my mind, I don't see the overall cost of living maybe improving because it'll increase electricity demand, which which then drives the price of that up. So it's it's definitely a, a hard thing. It, it travel is expensive, and I think it'll drive people to decide whether or not they need to make a trip. Okay, and yet some data has shown, some consumer data has shown that people have not adapted their consumer behavior around the gas prices yet. There's there's only so much that you can do. I think you know yeah. you, you have to you have to drive to school, you have to drive for so work. True. You know the trips you have to make, and and so it's just the discretionary travel that starts to diminish, which is not a huge percentage. Yeah. When was the last time you heard about someone taking a really long uh, cross country road trip? Right. That, that's exactly it. You don't hear of it often. And if it is, that, that is probably a luxury that you've budgeted for as well. Yeah, Paul, thank you so much for being with us and explaining these numbers to us. No problem.